Hey everybody, welcome back to another episode of the Hunt, Lift, Eat podcast brought to you by Hunt, Lift, Eat Official. I'm Carter McKenzie here with my co-pilot, Bobby McCready. What's up, Bobby? What's going on, Carter? How are you, man? Good, dude. Haven't haven't talked to you in a long while, man. It's, it's made me a little sad. It, it's been some time. That's why uh, you said, hey, are you down? I'm like, fuck, man, whatever I'm doing is canceled now. I gotta <laughs> see my Carter. <laughs> Yeah, dude, it's good to be reunited. And uh, yeah, this week we got uh, one of our HLE team members jumping on with us. We got Drew Bassey jumping on with us. What's going on, Drew? Hey, how's it going, guys? Good, Pumped dude. Pumped podcast, man. Yeah, heck yeah, man. We've been uh, itching to make this happen. I think I've been bugging you for months and months to make this happen. And you're a busy guy. I'm a busy guy. And finally, we're making it work. Yeah, yeah. It's been a couple months. Uh, me working nights and different things at work, kind of. Um, messed that all up, but finally got a chance to hop on. So pumped for that. Hell yeah, man. Well, Bobby and I think you're a pretty cool dude, Drew, and you got a lot of really cool things going on in life right now. And, you know, how we kind of try to run this show, you know, there's a lot of shooting from the hip that Bobby and I do. Uh, a lot of survival mode type episodes but you know we try to do it seasonally right so everybody's got at least in my mind right you got hunting season then you got you know your your winter your late season hunting season where it's good and cold and we're transitioning out of that hunting seasons are over or slowing down starting to get into spring it's getting a little warmer we haven't quite gotten to turkey season right i haven't quite gotten to gardening season it's not warm enough so we're kind of in this weird limbo right now where people probably should be focusing on their fitness, getting ready for the summer and then this coming uh, hunting season, you know, leading up to September. And that's kind of where you and I got connected recently. So without yeah. jumping too far ahead of ourselves, man, why don't you give us a little context about kind of who you are, Drew, and, and what you got going on? Yeah, so, you know, I'm out here in Washington State. Um, I am an industrial hygienist for um, a company out here, an oil company out here. Um, but basically, I found, got into fitness about three years ago. Um, really was, you know, up and down on how serious I took it. And then when I moved up here to Washington about a year and a half ago, I really got um, serious into just my fitness, um, due to my medical condition that I have. And we can jump into that a little bit later, but I was diagnosed with cystic fibrosis. So I started, um, you know, really focusing on my fitness, how I can make myself better and just, um, really take care of myself the way that I know I should be taking caring, taking care of myself. And, Basically, that led me down the line of wanting to share that with other people. Um, so kind of one of my side gigs or, um, you know, what I like to do is help people with their fitness and different things. And that's kind of how we linked up. So I do some online fitness through an app. Um, it's called First Form. I'm sure a lot of people have heard of it. But um, yeah, and then I just help people, you know, lose weight, maintain their weight, gain muscle, whatever they're whatever their fitness goals are, I, I, I really enjoy just, you know, giving back and spreading that um, positive energy to everybody. So that's basically a rundown of who I am, what I like to do. Obviously, I love to hunt and fish and being out here in Washington, I got a lot of opportunities to do that as well. But like you said, we're in between seasons and different things. Um, so we should be focusing on, you know, our health and fitness and seeing just to make sure that we are in, you know, optimal performance going into those seasons and making sure that we're not going to be the one slowing down the group on group hunts and different things like that. So that's, that's my main reason for doing this, uh, fitness thing. So <laughs> yeah, for sure, dude, nobody wants to be that guy. No, nobody wants to be that guy. And you know, Bobby just put in, he could probably flip his camera around and show you. He just put in a sick new home gym in his basement. I think he was just bored, you know, of, I can't go hunting right now and turkeys aren't here yet. So I'm going <laughs> to put this state of the art gym in my basement so I can work out at home. Yeah. It's, it's a lot different when you're at a gym versus, uh, when you're sitting on the couch, I'm like, I don't really want to watch a movie. I'm just going to go downstairs and lift a little bit. Helps definitely, uh, help spread the pain a little bit. 
Yeah, for sure. And, you know, we kind of got connected, uh, obviously through Hunt, Lift, Eat, Drew, but, you know, you have had a lot of success coaching people through these uh, eight-week challenges that you do um, through first, first Form. And, you know, that's kind of how I kind of reached out to you and was talking to you a little bit. And I have a two-and-a-half-year-old, and then I had a newborn on the way. And you and I talked and I think this, this hopefully will sound relatable to a lot of people, like, especially like around the new years, right? Like my daughter was born, uh, December 30th. And that's when I started talking to you. And we started on, I think uh, on January one, I think we may have started, uh, yeah, whenever the yeah. challenge started. Does that I sound right? It was January one. I think the challenge started January 8th, but, um, yeah. we started, you know, that week before. So really getting on board and everything like that. So. Yeah. So very much like the cliche, the quintessential, like new year's resolutions and new year's goals and that kind of stuff. But, you know, to me, it was just another challenge. I was just like, you know, I, I have two kids now. I, I want to be in as good of shape and I want to be alive for as long as possible. Health, a healthy alive. It kind of changes your perspective from working out prior to that. Your, your, uh, your goals change a little bit. So, um, that's where I reached out to you and I was like, Hey dude, help me out. I've always been fit, always been strong. Um, could definitely drink less beer and probably look a little better. Uh, can you help me dial in my nutrition? And you were like, yeah, dude, I got you. Yeah, man. I mean, everybody likes their, likes their beer and bush light and different things and me included. Um, so that's something that I had to work, work my way through too. But yeah, like you said, um, I work with a lot of people. I've been working with about 20 people inside that app. Um, I've helped people, you know, gain 10 pounds of muscle, lean muscle, you know, and then I've also helped um, a few of my people um, lose about 30 pounds, which is just really, really cool to see. So it's in most like, it's not really athletes, you know, it's more just like your common mom, dad, sister, brother. Um, is who I like working with, you know, just watching people change their lives for the better. And then, um, and especially for the people around them, you know, just, I get messages all the time from those people that say, you know, you helped me lose 25 pounds. And then my husband, my daughter, my wife, you know, they also kind of came along with me on this journey and have been on their own journey, losing, you know, 15, 20 pounds. And that's where it really like, just that pride comes in, you know, it feels really, really good. And you almost don't even have to get paid for it because it is just absolutely awesome to watch people just change their lives for the better, bring people along with them on their journey. And um, it's just extremely awesome to see. And that's what I love doing, man. It's just really, really cool. Heck yeah. True. I love that. And, you know, I just wanted to back up for a second. I, you said three years ago, you really started to get into fitness more. Now, was that some, was it the, you know, your illness that actually inspired you to change or was there something else that sparked you and said, Hey, you know what? I need to change for the better. And I'm just want to, I want to make that change now. Yeah. So what happened was it was actually probably, it was the summer of 2019. So about three and a half years ago, I guess. Um, and I hadn't, I got an internship. So what I went to school for in college was health and safety, occupational health and safety. I got an internship and the company I had an internship with put me out in Pennsylvania, Penn State University. We were renovating dorm rooms and the apartment that I was living in, there was a gym in the basement. Um, And I was like, you know what? I didn't know anybody there. I didn't have, you know, really any connections other than just working out there for my internship for four or five months. Um, And I was like, you know what? This is the perfect time to be selfish and work on myself and become a better person, um, mentally, physically different, you know? And, um, so I went down the day I got there, it was June 1st of 2019. I remember the day walked down in the gym, like most people at that point, I was embarrassed to walk in the gym because you walk in, look around and you see all these, you know, really fit, really jacked people walking around and, you know, lifting three times the amount that you can. Um, but I really just went in there focusing on myself, focusing on, you know, just be better than who you were yesterday. Um, and that's really where it started. Um, so 2019, uh, 
June. It was, it was, it was awesome, man. I mean, it was hard for the first six, seven months because at that point I couldn't bench like 135 for five reps. Like that's how bad it had gotten. Um, and being a high, a high school athlete and lifting all the time, I really just let myself go in college, um, for the th- two, three years. And, um, you know, going to the gym that first day, I was, it was, it was definitely a, you know, a strike in the pride. Like it hurt my pride for sure. But, um, but in the long run, now that I look back, I see how far I've came and it's just absolutely incredible. And that's where I started thinking like, you know what, I need to start sharing my story. Um, and I need to bring people along with me. And yeah, that's where I kind of, the decision was that, to start working out, I needed to be healthy because I knew I had this, you know, medical condition in cystic fibrosis. But then I was like, I need to help other people with cystic fibrosis um, as well, just to see, show them like, you know, how far you can actually go and how healthy you can become. And you can live a, you know, a regular normal life if you really just put your mind to it. Yes, it's going to take a little bit extra work, um, but you, it is possible in the long run. And now that, you know, you've kind of mentioned it a couple of times, can we talk, can you provide listeners with a little bit of context to cystic fibrosis? My, my understanding of it is very limited, right? I only knew, I had a friend in high school, John Pickering, who had cystic fibrosis and coincidentally, he was the greatest athlete. He was one of the most amazing athletes I had ever met kind of in our group of athletic friends. He was a soccer player and went on to play in college and it wasn't until much later, you know, post-college life, uh, I put the dots together and, you know, you, you reconnect with those guys at, at weddings and things like that. One of his biggest driving factors with why he was the fittest and the fastest and so driven was because of this, uh, you know, diagnosis that he had. Um, and he was super motivated to stay in as peak health condition as possible because of what can, what can happen. Right. Yeah. Um, so basically what's cystic fibrosis and that's awesome. Like, yeah, I can, I can totally understand that mindset of why he was so driven. Cause that's kind of the same mindset that I, that I have. Um, but cystic fibrosis is a gen- genetic disorder that affects, um, the cystic fibrosis gene in our body. And what it does is that a normal person had the mucus in about your body is like oil lubricant, right? So it's like keeps that engine going. It's more of like an oil, oily substance. Um, but with people with cystic fibrosis, that gene is defected and it creates like a really thick, sticky mucus. Um, and it primarily affects the lungs. So it gets deep down in our lungs um, and kind of sticks there. You know, it's hard to get out of our lungs. And that mucus is. So we have to do different, you know, treatments, whether it is like the nebulizer and um, inhaled antibiotics and different steroids and treatments, or if it's airway clearance, which is a vest. And basically what it is, is that you put it on, it fills up with air, you strap in and it fills up with air and it shakes you and then just breaks up all that mucus and different things. Um, So it primarily affects the lungs, which when that mucus gets stuck down in there, um, you're more apt to infections and different things. And then it also affects just a variety of like your digestive system. So um, that mucus plugs up the pancreas and doesn't let us secrete enzymes correctly. So when we eat before each meal, we have to take um, enzymes, digestive enzymes and different things like that. Um, and then it, with, with that kind of an indirect side effect is that you're, you, people with cystic fibrosis are usually on the smaller size and their growth isn't um, the best just because we can't digest and get the nutrients from the food and different things um, that we're supposed to be getting. But that's basically, I mean, it goes a lot more in depth than that, but that's basically kind of just like a high overview of what cystic fibrosis is. Um, So yeah, it mainly affects the lungs, but it also indirectly affects many other functions in the body. How did you see that manifest itself? Like as a kid playing sports or like, working out like you've obviously been in shape and exercised and you're you're not unfamiliar with being athletically inclined so how has that kind of affected you throughout your life yeah so i i was diagnosed right when um 
right before I turned six years old. So nowadays, like they do a blood test right when a baby's born to see if they do have cystic fibrosis. Um, but back in the day, I say back in the day, I'm only 25. But um, <laughs> <laughs> this, I mean, that's how far this, you know, medical um, yeah. me- medical treatment has come and research has come. But I went, they didn't have that test when I was born. So I was diagnosed right before I turned six years old. And really, I started playing sports. I played basketball, baseball, and football from, you know, first grade through high school is when I started, when I stopped. But a big, you know, factor in that was my parents. And they made sure that I was always in shape. My dad was my football coach from second grade to eighth grade. So he would always push me and make me actually do more work than all the other kids. You know, a lot of parents would you know, probably go easy on their kids, but my dad was not that way. He would make me run extra hills, extra laps, do extra conditioning, just because he knew that I had, you know, this, you know, medical situation. But he also just primarily because I was a kid and he wanted me to, you know, succeed. But um, that really pushed me. And then my mom was always a huge support in my life as well. And she still is. Um, and she's just awesome. So they, they both pushed me, um, incredibly hard. So even when I didn't want to do that, they made sure I stayed up on all my treatments, all my medication was getting in shape, stayed in shape. So it wasn't really until like after I got out of high school and I went to college and they weren't really, um, around to tell me exactly what to do all the time that I kind of started letting myself go. I was like, Oh, I don't need to do any of that. I've been in good shape my whole entire life you know, blah, 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 and everything like that. And then um, it kind of just one thing led to another. And I was like, all right, they were right. You know, you come to a situation where you're like, dang, my parents were right, you know, but um, uh, yeah. So then the rest is, you know, history. 2019 rolled around. I was like, all right, I got to start doing this for myself. So I can't have my parents be nagging on me the whole entire, my whole entire life. So, um, but yeah, I mean, playing sports was great. That kept me in shape, made a lot of friendships there. Um, and I was actually embarrassed telling people that I had cystic fibrosis because I didn't want like ever want kids to be like, you know, think I was lesser than them. So I that's I always trained like tried to train harder than everybody else just to keep up with everybody else. So, um, yeah, I always had to train a little bit extra just to be able to have that you know, level playing ground essentially with other, with other kids. So, um, but that's basically my athletic career. I stopped playing sports when I was in high school. My senior year was my last, my last time playing football and baseball and different things. I still play intramurals or, um, like slow pitch softball and different things like that through college. Um, but yeah, That's basically my, uh, and then I just try to stay athletic as possible. That's what I do with working out. Like, you know, I really try not to lift too heavy a weights. I try to just keep a more athletic um, lifestyle in my life because I like just being able to move. (laughs) So, Drew, what are you doing for like conditioning stuff now? Is there something different that you do to condition? So I continue to do my um, treatments and different things. Um, but basically I'm doing a lot of endurance things. I'm training for an Ironman right now. Um, or I should say a half Ironman. It's an Ironman 70.3. Um, but that seems to help tremendously. Um, the, if you do sprints and you do, um, endurance training, that helps like a lot for the cystic fibrosis community. I know a lot of them, a lot of people can't do sprints or endurance, but, you know, just getting on a bike, maybe like a stationary bike and pedaling for a couple, you know, 30 minutes to an hour, that really just opens up that, that, that long, those lungs and that airway and just allows you to take deep breaths. And that, that'll really, really work out your lungs and just, um, you know, increase your cardiovascular system, which is key, especially with having cystic fibrosis. So, that's basically what I'm doing right now. I started training last week for this Ironman. I have it at October 7th in Memphis. So um, I'm really pumped about that. That's awesome. Was that just kind of like the next logical tough thing for you to do? You were like, all right, because I'm on the same wavelength, like a half Ironman is something I definitely want to accomplish before even considering reaching for a full, but 
you were just kind of like, all right, yeah, let's push it. Like, yeah, I've, I've ran a few half marathons. Um, and then honestly, this might sound crazy, but I got done with those, those half marathons. And I was like, you know what? Like, yeah, it was tough, but I, I can definitely push myself further. You know, like I got done with it and I was like, it was tough, but I want, I want something that like will break me, you know, like I want to be on the verge of like something that's going to absolutely just break me. Um, so that's where I was like half iron, man, you know, let's do it. And, um, but yeah, that's, that's kind of my mindset is just what's next. And, um, having cystic fibrosis, I want something, you know, like an Ironman really tests the lungs and that's the primary factor that is affected in cystic fibrosis. So it's like, what's going to just like spearhead cystic fibrosis and basically, you know, say, screw you, I'm going to not let this affect me at all. What can I do to, you know, say that? And that's the thing I can come up with is just like extreme endurance challenges. It's like, cause it's, you're using your lungs, your cardiovascular system. And, um, that's the primary function in the body that's affected by cystic fibrosis. So yeah, that's, that's basically where I was like, all right, half Ironman, let's do it. Work my way up to a full Ironman and we'll go from there. So. Yeah, I was going to say, that's kind of like hanging the bird to uh cystic fibrosis by you yeah know, exactly jumping on board with a half iron man yep yeah so we'll see we'll see how how this one goes um october 7th is when i run it so i got about seven months still to train but it should be good i'm worried about the swimming though i i'm not swimming that, stuff yeah i'm not that <laughs> i'm not aquaman by any means so um We'll see. <laughs> What's I'm the not, distance for a half? 1.2 miles? 1.2, yeah. yeah. So I just sink like a rock every time I've been in a pool. So it's interesting. <laughs> we'll try to get more buoyant, I guess. <laughs> and it'll be in open water. Yep, it's in a lake. So um, in downtown Memphis. Nice. Yeah. Nice. It'll be, it'll be fun. <laughs> <laughs> and then the biking's easy, dude. I hear that's the, that's the easiest part. Yeah, so I actually went and bought a bike um, yesterday. Actually, I got my bike that I'm going to be training on, and I rode for like an hour and a half yesterday, and got down about you know twenty, right around twenty miles. And I was like, okay, I'm like that. I got off the bike and I was like, you know, my legs were a little like sore, but I think the biking is going to be the easy part. It's going to be the running after the biking that I can see that's going to be the challenge. Like that's where I'm going to, that's where it's going to be the potential break. I think because like I got off that bike yesterday and I was like, am I going to be able to run 13.1 after I do this? Like I just, I just biked for an hour and 15 minutes and my legs are jelly, you know? Um, and I wasn't even pushing that hard. So that's where I feel like mile seven or eight in that half marathon after the 56 miles biking is going to be the, uh, the point where it's like, all right, what do you got left in the tank? For sure, dude. On a, on a personal note too, I, I want to talk a little bit more about your coaching, but on the personal side of things too, you've one, I really appreciate how open you are with your changes in body composition. Like you're really open with, Hey, I'm starting. And then you're, you're good about, uh, like staying on a schedule and maybe that helps with your accountability, right? The beginning of your um, eight week and then your the end and kind of you do a nice little rundown at the end of uh, these little mini. What would you what would you call those? What, what word am I looking for? Challenge? Yeah, those eight week challenges that, that first form holds. Um, they yeah. have four of them a year. So are you open with those for a sense of accountability? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, so I, I am just really open about, you know, the change in my body composition, just in like my, I open up, you know, my fitness journey to everybody because leading by example is the most, you know, important thing just to like show people that yes, it can be done. Like no matter what um, situation you're in, somebody always has it harder than you. And, you know, showing them that, 
this is what I do. It's pretty, it's pretty simple, but you just got to make sure you stay consistent with it and you're going to get the results. I'm, I'm not perfect by any means. I'm just a very, very consistent person. Like, yes, maybe I, you know, will have an off week here or there, but over the year, if you win, you know, 50 out of the 52 weeks of the year, you're going to, you're going to like, you know, get results and you're going to win that year. So, you know, um, just winning day by day is what I really base it off of. And that's how I show people the accountability. Cause I went from, you know, being, I think I was two right at 230 pounds when I first started in 2019. And I didn't have an ounce of muscle on me at that point. You were 230. I was 230. And what, what are you right now? I weigh, I bounce back like one one eighty five to one ninety. Dang, dude, that's yeah. that's amazing. Good yeah, for you. So How tall I are you? I'm six two. Yeah, yeah, he's freaking lean, six, dude. Six two. Yeah, that's that's awesome, man. Yeah, you look great right now, man. Good for you. Thanks, man. Yeah, it, I mean, a lot of hard work has gone into it. I've had off. I've had off years. I've had off months. Um, but yeah, I. I stepped on that scale at Penn State and that gym, and I was 229 pounds, and I couldn't bench like 135 for two, three reps. And I was like, this is embarrassing. You know, like I li- literally had to have somebody. I went for that fourth rep on 135 the first day I was in the gym, and I had to have somebody come and grab the bar off my chest. Like that's how embarrassing it was. Um, and you know what? The next day, I, I was thinking, I was like, I ain't going back to that gym. That was the most embarrassing thing I've ever had in my life. Um, and I went back in and th- that was the biggest thing. You know, everyone's in their fitness journey is going to have one of those moments where it was like, holy crap, that was just the most embarrassing thing I just experienced. But where you really grow and where you're going to see that result mentally and physically is deciding not to quit and go back in um, to the gym and just say, I'm going to be better than who I was yesterday. I don't care about comparing myself to anybody else in this gym, but if I'm better than who I was yesterday, that's a win, you know? And that, and once you start stacking up those wins, you know, week after week, month after month, and then it starts getting year after year, you're going to see the results and you're just going to become, you know, 10 X better than what you were. And that right there is like so relatable. Anybody who has ever set a fitness or, you know, health and wellness goal, is has experienced that and those thoughts right and and it's all a it's all a a spectrum right like you may feel like crap about the way you look yet there's somebody else who would like move heaven and hell to look or be able to move weight the way that you do right it's all it's all about perspective but like I, I still hate squatting in a conventional gym. I hate it, dude. Cause I'm like, everybody's looking at me. Like my weight isn't, you know, I'm not squatting four Oh five or like, you know, my, my form is not great or whatever, but you know, you still have to show up and you still have to decide like, Hey, you're doing this for you and not anybody else in that gym. Like you have to decide what your, your goal and your mission is. And then, stay as consistent as possible. Like you said, like if you win 50 days out of 52 days, like, come on. That's amazing. Oh yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. And that's the biggest thing I struggle with that still. Um, you know, I look at myself and who I was, you know, last month and I'm like, you know, I'm like, why am I not making any progress? But then I look back to who I was in the summer of 2019 and I was like, man, you should be proud of yourself because you came a long way. And that's with a lot of people that I work with, you know, they're like, they look at where I'm at now and they're like, why can't I get there? And I was like, well, you need to look of where, you know, I show them where I came from. And I'm like, this is where I started. I was in the same boat as you. So this should show you that you can do it as well. You know, um, because I wasn't born like this, you know, I wasn't born, you know, with great genetics or different. Everybody says genetics, but it's not, Yes, if you want to be like a top pro bodybuilder, yeah, genetics comes into play. But if you just want to be a healthy individual who's lean, genetics has really nothing to do with that. It's just hard work, consistency, and and discipline. That's all it is. Um, And anybody can do that. So 
really just, you know, cultivating those things inside you is what's, what's really important. So, but it takes time. I mean, that's what people, people, this is a quick, you know, results and a very, you know, you want your satisfaction very quickly in this day's age, but that's not how fitness works. So if you don't get it within two, three weeks, people just are like, it's never going to happen. It's not meant for me, but it takes like, I heard it's like six weeks before your body even gets used to what your new lifestyle of what you're doing and get, I think Arnold Schwarzenegger said something along those lines. Like it really takes your body six weeks to get used to what you're doing. Um, and you start seeing those changes. So that's a month and a half, you know? Um, and a lot of people don't want to wait a month and a half to start seeing those results, but yeah, a lot of people want that easy fix that overnight pill that's just like, Hey, I want to look like this guy the next day or this girl the next day. And it's, and yeah, I, I'll, I'll call, I'll call my mom out on this one. I love you, mom, but don't, don't kill me. Um, I, I tell her she's always the one that follows the fad of the next greatest thing that's out, whether it be Herbalife, this pill, Isogenics, you know, uh, keto, everything. I'm like, mom, you just need to make small lifestyle changes to your every day. And that's easily consistent to make your changes. And then you'll be on track for the rest of your life. And now she's starting to finally realize that. And she's like, you're right. I'm like, yeah, I, I know. Like, it's not, you can't, let's face it. You ain't going to eat no carbs for the rest of your life. Like you're not going to, it's not going to happen. So there's got to be small little consistent changes. And I love it. Yeah. Usually if you hear like quick, cheap and easy, it's false. You know, like it, it ain't going to work for you. Um, if you hear those words. So there's a lot of those, you know, gimmicks out there with wraps, fat loss wraps and, different pills, like you said, to take, that's going to make you, you know, 10% body fat in 30 days. It's just not going to happen. So they're going to convince you that until you swipe your credit card and then you'll find <laughs> yeah. out. That it work. That's why I think what you're doing is so important, man, because you're all about educating as well, right? There's no, uh, what I appreciate yeah. about working with you, there's no gatekeeping whatsoever. So I told you, I was like, Hey dude, I'm good on the fitness side, right? I can follow a program. Right. What I need is I need you to help me teach, teach me how to track my macros. Cause I've started it before. And I think this may be similar to a lot of people out there. A lot of people listening. I've started like, um, all right, I'm going to track my macros. And then I get overwhelmed and I stop, right? It becomes too much of a burden. And without the right amount of planning, um, and planning on like the front end, kind of like meal prepping, right? Uh, it can be overwhelming and it's not something you can just like shoot from the hip and do, or at least I don't recommend it. Right. Because it, it will take up your time if, if not done with a little bit of forethought. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I mean, everybody I work with has a different level of education coming into it. Like, like you said, you have that fitness background and you're good there. So that made me, you know, queue up. All right. I don't, I don't really have to be as hard with Carter on his fitness. Cause I know he's going to get it done, but maybe nutrition this, you know, um, we'll work on education and fitness. And that's my big thing is that I will work with you until you feel like you are good and you don't need me anymore. That's my goal is to educate you and get you in a position where you don't need me at all. Right. Um, where you can take control of your fitness, your nutrition by, by yourself and you can feel completely competent in doing what you need to do. And then you don't need me anymore. And if I do that, I'm successful. I'm not trying to, you know, make lifetime, you know, clients. I want to build you guys up, educate you as much as possible where I, where you feel comfortable going out and, you know, leading that, you can sustain that lifestyle. Um, and yeah, on the nutrition side of things, that's a big one. Um, cause tracking your nutrition, if you can't measure, if you don't measure it, you can't manage it. Um, that's what I like to say, because a lot of people, when they're trying to lose weight, will, if they're just trying to keep track of the calories and the protein, carbs, fats that they're eating throughout the day in their head, they're probably going to underestimate the calories that they're taking in. And we know that if you want to lose weight, you have to eat less calories than you burn each and every day. So, but if you're underestimating that amount of calories that you're eating a day and you're actually eating 400, 500 more than you think you are, 
you're not going to lose weight and you're just going to get frustrated with it. So being able to track those macros and your calories and see actually where you are, where you can improve, where you need to, um, you know, cut out a few calories here and there, um, is very, very important. And that's what I like to educate y'all on is, Hey, on Sundays or whenever you have a free day, meal prep, whatever, pick out, you know, three proteins, three, three carbs and three like veggies, fruits, and just create your meals for that day. Pre-track your meals. It's so much easier. I do it every Sunday. Um, but it just keeps you on track. But with that being said, like when I first started, I didn't track my food for the first year and a half that I started working out. I was like, no need. You don't need to do that at all. Um, you know, that's just for people who are trying to like bodybuild and different things. You know, that's what, that was my thought process was though, you know, those really elite people, those are the only people that need to track their food. Um, but then I was wondering why I wasn't seeing the results I wanted to get. Right. So I was like, why am I not, I'm eating healthier or whatever. Well, when I started tracking my food, I noticed I was eating, you know, 800 to a thousand calories more than I should have been eating each and every day. So I was like, Oh crap, that's where I'm going wrong. So then I started understanding how important tracking your nutrition is. Um, and then right when I started doing that, like almost like not immediately, but within a few months, I started seeing good results and I started noticing how important that was. And that's probably, I mean, nutrition is, you hear it all the time. Nutrition's 75, 80% of your results that you get, you know, in the gym or whatever, like, you know, on your fitness journey. I mean, nutrition's key because if you don't have a good diet, you're not going to, I mean, no matter, no, no amount of weights that you lift or how much cardio you do is going to get you in shape if you don't have a, you know, a really good diet. So. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm curious, like, <clears throat> I want to see behind the curtain for a second and Bobby, you know, now with you working with clients as well in the coaching world, maybe, you know, this too, but like, one, you will guess wrong every single time, right? Because I never tracked before I worked with you, Drew, at least consistently, right? I tried and started and stopped kind of thing. Um, one that I realized very quickly, I was never hitting my protein goal. There's no way I was hitting it prior to tracking. Not even close, right? Thought I was, eat a ton of meat, eat a ton of venison. I eat, you know, we get a, we buy a cow every year from the farm up the road and like, shoot all these animals, eat all these animals, blah, 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 eat meat all the time. No, not even close to my whatever, 190 or 200 grams of protein, because that's kind of, that can be, kind of, that was kind of a bitch at the beginning, to be mm -hmm. honest, hitting your protein goal kind of sucks. So one, does that happen a lot, right? Is that like your number one thing that people screw up? And then two, what is the most common vice people run into with regards to tracking uh for me that's alcohol right so like that's where i was going it's so easy to just like blow past your numbers with you know even just a beer or two on the weekend or whatever but if that's mm -hmm. every friday night saturday night and then sunday afternoon like buddy you're sunk yeah yeah so what i try to do um but yes to answer your question on the protein about 99 percent of the people i work with believe they are eating an adequate amount of protein each and every day, but they actually are about eating 50% of what they should be. Right. That's um, crazy, man. 50%. Yeah. So when I do my onboarding calls, what I like to do is um, just do a run through of like, Hey, you know, give me a daily rundown of what you're eating each and every day. And I'll hear, you know, some people be like, oh, well, I wake up in the morning, I have a bagel with cream cheese, and then I'll um, eat a banana for a snack. And then, you know, when lunch comes around, I'll eat, you know, a bag of chips with um, a turkey sandwich. And then when it all comes down to it, you know, they're eating around like 40 grams of protein a day. And what, you know, a good number relatively is I usually say a one gram for your goal body weight. So if you want to be 200 pounds, eat one gram of protein um, for each pound. So 200 grams of protein a day. And a lot of times you see a, they're eating, you know, less than a hundred. So that is a huge um, obstacle that they have to overcome. A lot of people that I work with just, you know, 
educating themselves on what is a protein source because a lot of people believe peanut butter is a great protein source. Um, but dude, if you look at the nutrition, greatest, label, what a ripoff, dude! Greatest right. ripoff of the 21st century. That right? is so disappointing. Yes, and I love my peanut butter. Like I, know, I am right? like a peanut butter fiend. So like I can eat a whole tub of peanut butter in one sitting it's easily. So disappointing. But it's got. 16 grams of protein or 16 grams of fats and seven grams of protein, like per yeah. teaspoon. Yeah. So yeah. People, um, people forget that. Yeah. yeah. So it's, it's, it's a fat source. Um, and people, because like if you eat a handful of peanuts, everybody should know that that is a fat source, right? Cause pe- nuts are a fat source. Um, but peanut butter. Yeah. They just say it's a protein source, which it isn't. Um, yeah. But then going trick. Over, it is a trick. Yeah. Yeah. Big peanut butter got us on that one. Um, but yeah. And then going on, like, what's the most, like, what's the biggest thing people run into is understanding that you don't have to eat 1200 calories to lose weight. Um, a lot of people decide to do that and, but it's not sustainable. And my big thing is, making sure that you can sustain your results for long periods of time and eating 1200 calories a day, isn't going to do it. So eating fueling your body adequately will allow your body to, you know, make those composition changes and not have to hold on to, you know, that excess fat because you're actually fueling your body correctly. So your body tells itself like, Hey, I don't need to hold on to this. I'm getting adequate energy putting into my body each and every day. Um, so, you know, it varies person to person, but a lot of people underestimate the calories that they have to eat. They can actually eat more calories and lose weight, which it sounds crazy, but it's actually very doable. Like, I think my maintaining weight, I eat like 2,600 calories a day just to maintain my weight. Um, so if I want to lose weight, for me, it's like I eat 2,000 calories, which everybody's you know, the, you hear all the time, like 2000 calories is maintaining your weight for a lot of people, but it changes depending on, you know, male, female, how much you weigh, um, what age you are and different things like that. It changes for everybody. Um, if you have any medical conditions or different things like that. So I would highly suggest for anybody, um, just to start tracking, figure out what it is that you should be eating each and every day and don't eat 1200 calories a day if you want to lose weight because it's not sustainable for a long period of time. Yeah. Now, you know, it, it, what cracks me up is, well, it doesn't crack me up, but I, I love when people that aren't tracking and they're like, oh, you know what? Uh, tonight I had p- four slices of pizza. That's it. It's over. The world's, the, it's game over now. But if you're actually tracking your macros and you can see like, hey, you know what? That was one meal. Okay. I can get right back on it the next meal away. And it, it, a lot of people fail off that way on, you know, they're just like, Oh, I just had three slices of pizza. I can't, I can't do this anymore. And that's how they, they lose track. Um, also the peanut butter thing. Like if you're looking at labels and you're going to a grocery store, people overcomplicate macros very easily by staring at the entire label, looking at seed oils because of some TikTok guy said this, that's actually a chiropractor, but you know, he's like, Oh, you can't eat this or you can't eat that. If you look at a label and you dissect the three big ones, the protein, the carbs, and the fats, whatever number is higher, that's what food category it's going to belong in. So peanut butter, for example, it's higher in fat. It's not a protein. It's a fat. And then people see that and they're like, oh, okay, now I consume this as my fat for the day. It's not my it, – sure, it's got a little bit of protein in there, but that needs to be classified as a fat. 100% agree with you, man. No, that's a great, that's a great tip. Yeah. So, and you obviously recommend the first form app for people that are tracking macros. Yeah. That's the one that I found is easiest for me um, because it has so many different, you know, um, tricks that you can just use and different tools that you can use. Like you can copy a whole, like if you eat the same thing um, one day, you can copy the whole next day if you eat the exact same thing. So I know a lot of apps, free apps that I use and different things don't have that. 
that first form app is just awesome. And then it color codes like almost everything, like it, it, which makes it really like visually pleasing. <laughs> and you can see like, you know, your macros going down or going like getting closer to the goal and different things like that. So yeah, I, I suggest that using that and that I kind of am affiliated with them. So I guess I um, just kind of say, yes, I, I would suggest that. That's the one that I found easiest. I mean, if you want to go play around with all the other ones too, if you, uh, you know, like my fitness pal, I used my plate for a really, really long time, um, but it was kind of complicated. Um, but yeah, first form, I mean, you, it's got scan code for everything and most apps do have that now. Um, but it's got a lot of food in there as well. You just type it in and it pops right up. So it's really, it's really user friendly in that instance. And what I like about it, well, two things I like about it. I found one, I have more success with apps that I pay for. When I have monetary skin in the game, for me personally, I am much more successful mm-hmm. just because my wife and I are teachers. So like, the value of the dollar is important. And so if I'm putting my money where my mouth is, I find myself to be far more accountable. And, it, and it's not like, it's not out, out, outrageous, right? It's totally reasonable, but it does yeah. help with that accountability. <clears throat> and then two, if it's not in there, it makes it very easy to plug it in there, right? So like we had uh, Brian Tweer with Astroflave on and he was kind enough to send Bobby and I some of his uh, protein and a bunch of his supplements. You can just go in there and plug it in. And now I just got to type Astroflave and click add. And then there's my, there's my protein. One scoop, two scoops, 10 scoops, whatever makes it nice and easy. Yeah. And my favorite function in that app is that during like deer season, we have a lot of venison roasts, right? Mm -hmm. Well, you can actually build a recipe in that app and save it. So when I put, make it venison roast, you know, I put the roast in there. I put like one of those packets of ranch, some banana peppers, um, some beef broth, and then also some onions. And I just let it slow roast. Well, I add that in the app and I can save it and I just put venison roast. So next time I have that, I don't have to add all those ingredients. I just can look up venison roast. It pops right up and I can put the serving size that I had of it you know, and there it is. It's right there. So it saves all your meals, which is absolutely awesome. And I don't know of any other app that does that. Um, I've used, you know, four or five of them. So that's a huge bonus for me. Just, it's really easy. Like it makes it so simple to track your food. Like if you don't track your food, that it's kind of, it's kind of on you. So. Yes. If you're hearing anything here, listeners track your food. And if you don't know where to start message, Drew <laughs> also get a food. <laughs> Also get a food scale because I still like I'll look at a piece of chicken or a piece of beef. I'll be like, oh, that's four or five ounces. I'll throw it on this food scale and it'll be like seven, which yeah. it doesn't sound like two ounces of big difference. But that could end up being, you know, two, three hundred calories over what you think it is or under even too. some people overestimate. Some people underestimate. That's like me guessing like yardage, like when I'm out west I'm, or like hunting mule deer or antelope or whatever. I'm like, ah, oh, it's like. 300 yards away and you range it it's like 700 yards i was like what the hell man i suck yeah. at this <laughs> that's cool you've done uh something else that's pretty cool that i i kind of attempted as well you've done 75 hard twice drew yes yeah that's, which is wild yeah it, it's fun and like i said i like challenging myself um but that was another one of those things where i was like i always looked at it and I was like, there's no way I can do this. I like bush light too much, you know, and one of the, and what's for all you guys listening that don't know what 75 hard is, um, what it is, it's a program. A lot of people like calling it a challenge, but it's not, it's like a program, um, that Andy Frisella, the CEO of first form created. So what it is, is that you have six tasks to do each and every day, two workouts, one of them must be outside and they have to be 45 minutes long read 10 pages of a personal development book, follow it, pick a diet and follow it. No cheat meals and no alcohol and take a picture, a a picture every single day, a progress picture. So those are the things you must complete each and every day. And like I said, I like bush light too much. So that alcohol one was like, no, there's no way I'm going to do this. And you have to do those things for 75 days straight. 
hits the 75 hard. So one day this last song, and I attempted it, let me see, like four or five times before I actually completed it um, last summer. And those times that I tried, almost every single time I failed because I went on a bachelor party, a cousin had a wedding, and I, you know, caved to drinking. I was like, you know what, what's one drink, whatever, nobody will know. Um, and I wouldn't tell anybody that I was doing 75 hard, so nobody knew. And that was the big turning factor in the time that I did complete it, is that I told somebody and I posted it. I said, hey, I'm doing 75 hard. So I had some sort of accountability that people knew I was doing it. So I knew that I couldn't fail, right? I put it out there and I said, all right, here we go. I'm doing 75 hard. I can't fail. Um, and the biggest thing is a lot of people think it's a physical challenge, which it, it is because you got to do two 45-minute workouts. But the biggest factor that I saw change in myself is my mentality towards, you know, completing the small, tedious task. And how much that that actually creates discipline and like the self-confidence and the grit that you need um, in a health and fitness journey and just in life when, you know, when stuff gets hard, right? Um, you really just start being, you're able to figure out and solve problems and complete and fix these problems that throw out, you, throw, you know, because a day is not always going to be the same. It's not always going to be perfect. You're going to have things thrown at you at a day. But then once when you overcome those and you still get your stuff done for 75 hard, you realize in yourself that you can overcome hard things. Right. And then that's what really changed my mindset was um, that I can do hard things. And it's really a mental aspect of the game. And that's where the huge transformation comes from that I've seen doing it two times is that. Yeah, it's physical. You get good results, but the transformation inside your your mind—if people could see that—everybody would be doing seventy-five hard, man, because it's incredible. Like when I finished it the first time, I it, there was like a six-month period between when I did it the next time, which I just finished. Um, I just finished it, I think, mid-February for the second time. But I realized in between the two times that I finished it, how much I was leaving on the table um, because I kind of fell off. I realized that I wasn't doing the things the, to the best of my ability that I could. And I noticed that I was leaving a ton on the table. I wasn't executing the way I should be executing. So I was just like, all right, screw it. I'm doing another round of 75 hard. And I finished it mid-February, and this time I'm making sure that I'm staying up. I'm still doing, you know, a lot of the things that are inside that program. Um, I'm still reading, still doing a workout every day. I'm not doing two workouts just with the Ironman. That'd be a ton of volume for me, um, and I want to keep my body healthy in, this, in the sense that I don't want to put too much volume on it and get injured. But I'm still doing a lot of those things that are required within the program. Yeah, it's awesome, man. And, you know, Andy designed that with the thought that not a lot of people are going to be able to complete this. And it's really cool that you did it and you did it as prescribed. Because um, I, I think it's not uncommon out there that a lot of people have started it and have not finished it. And, you know, I did my own, you inspired me to do my own version. And I, I did, I was calling it 75 medium, uh, starting from when the, the day my daughter was born. <clears throat> in December before you and I started working together and uh, wrote my own kind of rules. Cause I, I, I think a lot of people have fallen victim to like starting a program and then, or like starting off too hard, too fast. And then you become overwhelmed and then you don't, there's no follow through. Right. And I was like, I've done that before. I don't want to do that. I want to do something that's challenging, but within my realm of cap capabilities with a new job and coaching and teaching and, two daughters and a newborn and waking up every three hours and that kind of stuff. Anyway, I wrote my own kind of 75 medium rules, but you inspired me to do that. So I appreciate that. Yeah, man, that's awesome. Yeah. Like, like I said at the beginning of this, man, just like do, that's why I'm so open about sharing my journey is because, you know, you never know who you are, you know, being a role model to or inspiring. Um, 
And if it's just one person, you know, that's enough to be able to share your story. And if you just change one person's life, that's enough, you know? Um, but yeah, I mean, if, if you're looking to do 75 hard, everybody hears two 45 minute workouts, but like they, they don't have to be like, you know, full on sprints or you running a hundred, you know, a hundred miles or whatever, you know, you don't have to go out and squat 400 pounds. Like a workout is what a workout is to you. If you get your heart rate up, if you're, you know, sweating, if you're, you know, pushing yourself as hard as possible, as you, as hard as you can push yourself, you know, that's a workout, you know? So like you see some people running five miles in that 45 minutes. If you're just starting, you may, yeah, you, you may want to, you know, if you walk, one and a half miles, but that's a good workout for you. That's a good workout for you. Count it. You know, if you push yourself and you do it with intent, um, that's all that matters. You know, being intentful in your actions is where you really, you know, start to develop that discipline and self-confidence and different things that you just get from that program, which has really truly changed my life. For sure. And I would imagine that's helped you be a better coach. You know, getting those under your belt gives you good perspective and maybe some self-confidence knowing that you can buckle down and do what you're asking other folks to do, which is kind of cool. Yeah. It's a little bit easier holding people accountable um, as well, because I always struggle with holding people accountable. Just, you know, like, Oh yeah, I understand. Like you didn't do this because of this, but um, with doing 75 hard, you can kind of tell them like, Hey, listen, I'm doing all this. Like, like you don't want to like really, you know, say, Hey, I'm doing this. This is why you should do this. But it's like, listen, if I can do this and I'm doing four, can fit in 45 minute workouts, you can fit in one 45 minute workout, right? You just yeah. got to plan ahead. That's the big thing is people just don't really plan ahead. And when one thing happens in their day, they let that one thing affect their whole entire day. And it just, that day is just like, all right, we're throwing it out the window. But if you really just look at it and say, all right, I'm not going to let this one instance, you know, ruin my day. I'm still going to get my stuff done and I'm still going to win the day. That's where you start making, you know, leaps and bounds in your results. Yeah, it's really good perspective. Everybody has the same amount of time every day, right? So it's all about time management. What are you doing with that time? And I think if you boil it down, a lot of people may be squandering a good chunk of that time. Yeah. Yeah, I know I find myself watching like hour long, still hour long yeah. YouTube videos and yeah. going down a YouTube video oh, rabbit, yeah. rabbit hole. So, yeah, man, not immune to it either. That's cool. Well, we're rolling up on an hour here, Drew. Um, and one more thing I definitely want to talk about with you, dude, with your training for your Ironman, you are actually doing something that's really cool. You are raising money for a particular fundraiser. Um, can you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah. So like I said, um, when I was six years old, I was diagnosed with CF, cystic fibrosis. Um, so I decided to, you know, um, make this training kind of represent something that I'm passionate about. And I want to tie something with this training to cystic fibrosis. So I started a fundraiser. It's a passion fundraiser, they call it in the Cystic Fibrosis Foundation and just trying to raise money and all these proceeds go to the Cystic Fibrosis Foundation and they do, you know, private research for the Cystic Fibrosis group. And they've been awesome with just working on, you know, getting different medications out there for everybody with cystic fibrosis. So any proceeds that go in this fundraiser go directly to them and help with the research around, um, people with cystic fibrosis. So I'm really passionate about it and I'm just dedicating my training and this Ironman to those, um, people with cystic fibrosis. And hopefully one day we find a cure. Absolutely, man. It's a really noble cause. And I told you before we mass record, I, I went and looked on there today before I could donate. And you just posted this recently and you're already almost at your goal, man. You're already over $4,000 and I think you set your goal at 5,000. So kudos to you, man. And big shout out to everybody who's donated because that's fantastic. Yeah. Thanks for everybody that's supported it so far. It's really, really inspiring. Um, and you guys are inspiring me to do, you know, bigger and better things. Those of you who've, who supported me. So 
it's absolutely incredible. Um, and we may have to up that, you know, up that ante to 10 grand. So we'll see, we'll see where it ends. I think we should, man. I think, uh, the HLA community should show up and support Drew's fundraiser and we'll drop the link to the fundraiser here in the show notes. So everybody can go check that out and help support an awesome cause and support Drew's training. Yeah, it'd be truly awesome. Absolutely, man. Well, before we jump off here, uh, Bobby, you got any closing thoughts? No, man, I'm really excited. I got to finally sit down and talk to Drew because, you know, it's days where you're sitting on a treadmill and you're like, ah, man, I'm running two miles and I'm struggling. And then Drew's out there just training for a fucking Ironman. Like it's, uh, like it's nothing. just like, yeah, I'm just doing a half Ironman. It's pretty awesome, man, that, uh, they're able to do something like that. And maybe one day I'll link up with you because I suck at running, swimming, and biking. So those are three <laughs> things that I can use some help on, man. Man, I suck at them too. But I just, you know, there's days where I'm on the treadmill for two miles and I'm like, why am I doing this? But, you know, no, I really appreciate you guys having me on and um, I enjoyed talking to you guys. Yeah, man, we really appreciate it. You got any closing thoughts for us, Drew, before we jump off? You know, if you're looking to start a fitness journey, just, you know, really figure out what you enjoy within the fitness industry, whether that's cardio, working out and start with that. Start small. Um, Don't jump into everything like you are, you know, Arnold Schwarzenegger, because I've done that before and you will not last longer than, you know, a week and a half because you'll be incredibly sore. So make sure that you are... um, you know, just taking small steps and winning each and every day and comparing yourself to you the day before and being better than that. Um, and that's how you will, you know, be successful in the long run and see those the results that you want to get. So, um, but yeah. Absolutely, man. And if people wanted to hit you up, Drew, where can they find you on Instagram? Yeah, on Instagram, I'm just at Drew underscore Bassey. B-A-S-S-E. Yep. No why. No why. Yeah. That's right. A lot of people like adding that why. <laughs> Hell yeah, man. Oh, we appreciate it, Drew. Thanks for your time, dude. Listeners, as always, we appreciate the hell out of you guys. We'll talk to you next week.